Welcome to the Unstuck in Time podcast with your hosts, Connor Early and Brandon Breslin. On this podcast, we discuss many different topics from the book Slaughterhouse-Five. We look forward to discussing PTSD, aliens, and the quote of So It Goes, and all of their roles in the novel with you today. That was Fortunate Son by Credence Clearwater Revival. Let's talk about PTSD and the major, major role that it plays in the novel Slaughterhouse-Five. Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, uh, some PTSD are uh, sleeping troubles, difficulty maintaining close relationships. It causes memory problems, including not remembering important aspects of the traumatic event you're suffering from. Uh, it causes severe emotional distress or physical reactions to something that reminds you of the tra- traumatic event. And it makes you relive the traumatic event as if it were happening again as a flashback or a hallucination. So Vonnegut um, references many of these symptoms throughout the book through his character, Billy Pilgrim, who is pretty obviously suffering from PTSD from World War II. So um, right off the bat, um, for some examples, Billy has trouble sleeping both with insomnia and just falling asleep randomly. Um, On page 128, um, sideways, Vonnegut writes, but sleep would not come. Tears came instead. They seeped. Billy turned on the magic fingers, and he was jiggled as he wept. Also, for um, Billy falling asleep randomly, on page 116, um, Vonnegut writes, Billy had fallen asleep while examining a female patient who was in a chair on the other side of the owl. He had fallen asleep at work before. It had been funny at first. Now Billy was starting to get worried about it, about his mind in general. He tried to remember how old he was. He couldn't. He tried to remember what year it was. He couldn't remember that either. So not only does that display sleeping trouble, but that is also memory problems if he remember what year um, he's living in and his own age. Uh, another symptom of PTSD that Billy suffers from is the difficulty of maintaining close relationships. Uh, it's very evident that his relationship with his daughter is, is it's, it's ha- having some troubles. Uh his daughter, his daughter is feeling a lot of stress that she has to manage Billy because he's not in the best of shape and is with her mom died. But also, Billy's not doing anything to help the relationship. He's just kind of mean of all. Uh, and then also, Billy did not uh, do a good job with the relationship with his wife as he cheated on her at the party. Uh, after the, he, Who knows before the war if he would have done that kind of thing. But it definitely was one of the more regrettable decisions of his life. And who knows if the war did indeed cause that or if it was just himself. Also, throughout the novel, Billy time travels or he's stuck or unstuck in time, which references the title of this podcast. But we believe what this is really is um, traumatic flashbacks. He's time traveling back to events that were troublesome in his life. So he frequently is time-traveled back to the war. On page 99, um, it says, Now somebody was shaking Billy awake. Billy still felt drunk and was still angered by the stolen steering wheel. He was back in World War II again, behind the German lines. The person who was shaking him was Roland Weary. Additionally, on page 130, um, Vonnegut writes, He closed his eyes and opened them again. He was still weeping, but he was back in Luxembourg again. He was marching with a lot of other prisoners. It was a winter wind that was bringing the tears to his eyes. 
So here, Billy is bouncing in and out of situations. He's in present day, and then suddenly he's back in the war, which is a clear reference to um, the flashbacks that many veterans and many people in general suffer when they have PTSD. Uh, Billy's also suffering from uh, sounds or anything that reminds him of these tr- this traumatic event of the war. On page 119, Vonnegut says, a siren went off, scared the hell out of him. He was expecting World War III at any time. The siren was simply announcing high noon. Although there was nothing threatening about this siren, Billy thought that it was something about the war just because it was past experiences and it scared him, scared him really bad. But he knows, we know that it's just him feeling, it's just these symptoms of PTSD that's causing these extreme reactions to just minor sounds that nobody else would even acknowledge as a threat. Uh, additionally, just Billy really is depressed. He has lost interest in his job. He's really lost interest in maintaining his relationships. And he really has no good memories about the war at all. Um, on page 115, um, Vonnegut writes, nobody talked, nobody had any good war stories to tell. Um, Billy thinks, you know, at the start that there's, especially um, his friend's wife, that they're going to be talking about, you know, good war stories and how, you know, macho they are. But really, Billy can't even think of any um, good memories at all, even though he is a fictional character. So PTSD is really um, playing a huge role in this novel so far. It is a huge theme throughout this book and has shaped Billy's experiences so far in this novel. And that was So It Goes by Mac Millen. The quote So It Goes is used quite frequently by Vonnegut throughout the novel. So let's dive into its significance. Um, so we picked out three quotes displaying um, the quote So It Goes. Um, on page 112, Vonnegut writes, Three inoffensive bangs came from far away. They came from German rifles. The two scouts who had ditched Billy and Weary had just been shot. They had been lying in ambush for German. They had been discovered and shot from behind. Now they were dying in the snow, feeling nothing, turning the snow to the color of raspberry sherbet. So it goes. On page 12, Vonnegut writes, He had a pleasant little apartment, and his daughter was getting an excellent education. His mother was incinerated in the Dresden firestorm. So it goes. And finally, on page 74, what had been missed was a tiger tank. It swiveled its 88-millimeter snout around sniffingly, saw the arrow on the ground. It fired. It killed everybody on the gun crew but Weary. So it goes. Uh, the phrase, so it goes, follows every mention of death in the novel, whether it is natural, accidental, or intentional. And the repetition of this phrase just emphasizes the amount of tragedy that happens around Billy Pilgrim and around in life. Uh, the phrase, so it goes, it leaves it open to the reader about how you're going to interpret it. What's ironic about it, it is, is it in the war? Uh, since people believe that there are always winners and losers, while Vonnegut is showing how everyone is losing in war, no matter what. And 
the phrase so it goes can basically be translated to life goes on so it is interesting how the phrase is like the life goes on phrase is continuously used after there's so many deaths and tragedies that is happening this really shows how vonnegut views war and life in general but also with so it goes um it really leaves the reader just without a resolution on so many topics and this really leaves a sour taste in the mouth of the reader. Um, Vonnegut uses this literary literary technique to brilliantly describe what war is truly like. It's just a terrible thing after terrible thing, and there are no resolutions. This saying really just makes the reader believe how bad war is. And the reader may not remember maybe every individual travesty, but um, you remember just how many small losses occur to everyone involved in war just over and over. The repetitiveness of this phrase emphasizes just how many tragedies occur in war and just life in general. And the main, another interesting thing about this is the phrase so it goes emphasizes tragedies that can't be changed. It's more of, like it said, it's life goes on. Billy's not going to be able to do anything about it, just like we aren't able to do anything about it in society, in life today. It's more of you just have to deal with it as it is something that happened because tragedies happen to everybody and you just have to go on with your life as Billy Pilgrim goes on with his life, even though with all the obstacles that have come in his way. Um, Vonnegut describes major events in Billy Pilgrim's life um, and just major tragedies and just leaves them as so it goes. Like, for instance, when his wife dies from um, carbon monoxide poisoning, um, Vonnegut just puts it in a little, little um, piece and just ends up as so it goes. And when Billy's plane crashes, killing everyone on board except for Billy, while he um, suffers a severe head trauma, once again, Vonnegut just leaves, so it goes. Um, this no resolution um, is pretty different than most books that most people have read. And it really sticks with readers because it's so different than what people are normally used to reading. But it's really descriptive about what war is truly like and also what life is like in general. You have to keep moving on even though there are so many tragedies and um, life doesn't wait for anyone. Yeah, so this phrase, so it goes, it's most likely going to be continued to use throughout the novel to describe how Billy Pilgrim goes on with his life, as especially as he starts to describe his uh, life uh, while, envisioning, while envisioning the Trail of Hamidorians. Um, also in the quotes, just again, so it goes is used. Um, let's just examine real quick how so it goes is used and the effect it has. Um, and Vonnegut talks about two guys that basically saved Billy's life and then they're just shot after abandoning them. And he talks about how they're dying in the snow, feeling nothing. And they're turning the snow to raspberry sherbet and then just drops. So it goes and just leaves the reader at that. He's talking about um, this man, and he has a nice house. His daughter's getting a great education. And then once again, he just drops that his mother was incinerated in the Dresden firestorm, and just leaves it at that. So it goes. Um, and then finally, just Weary got his entire gun crew killed. Probably not one of his smartest moves, but... And then once again, Vonnegut just leaves it, so it goes. It really emphasizes that... I mean, although people like to look at life optimistically, there are constant, constant um, 
downfalls and valleys and people can't really ignore them no matter how optimistic you are. Overall, Sotos is one of the most significant quotes in the novel. Its repetitiveness makes the reader remember all of these small, indiscriminate tragedies and atrocities and how they are occurring in war and even at home. Vonnegut leaves the reader with no resolution in these terrible situations, and this really shows how terrible the war is and how everyone loses in the war, and there's no real solution. Okay, so that was E.T. by Katy Perry. Let's move on to our final topic of discussion today, which is aliens. Whether they are real or not, the role that they play in the novel, and the role that they play in Billy Pilgrim's own life. Well, obviously, I'm going to say that aliens are not real, because that tends to be logic. And there's no visual proof of aliens. We've never interacted with aliens. I don't know how somebody can believe in something that we've never even seen. We've never seen a UFO. Therefore, we have no indisputable evidence of any of these aliens coming down from space or UFOs. So anybody who believes in it actually believes in aliens just doesn't know what they're talking about. Uh, you are just an absolute buffoon. Okay. Um, according to the New York Times, um, in an article written by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keen, uh, they write this. Project Blue Book was the code name for an Air Force program set up in 1952 after numerous UFO sightings during the Cold War era to explain away or debunk as many reports as possible in order to mitigate possible panic and shield the public from a genuine national security problem, an apparently technological phenomenon that was beyond human control and was not Russian, yet represented an unfathomable potential threat. And um, we clearly have not interacted with aliens um, because we'd probably be dead, or if we had the uh, government is certainly not going to go out and tell us that, you know, we're uh, best buds with aliens right now. And this is a uh, top secret, and the Air Force thought it was a clear, genuine national security problem. And there have been, there is clear evidence, otherwise the, uh, the Air Force wouldn't start an entire project blue book um, and have all these codes just to hide something that they don't even think could possibly be real. But is there any proof or evidence of aliens, UFOs, or are you just basing it off the government telling it to you? Um, I'm basing it off the government not telling it to me, which is why they believe aliens are real, because they're hiding it. And uh, it's 1952, so they're not going to you know, break out their GoPro and zoom in on these aliens. Um, but they got clear enough shots to convince the government that there's UFOs, so they tried to mitigate public panic, and they knew it wasn't human. So that sounds to me like aliens. Well, that is that is one terrible argument, I guess. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, Billy Pilgrim, how he believes that he actually is interacting with the Trail of Dorians. Obviously, he's not. How do you feel about this? Uh, I don't think we can say that he isn't. And I think you need to take a rhetoric class because I don't know even – what you're talking about. Um, but let's let's listen here. On page 57, uh, Vonnegut writes, he hadn't been missed, he said, because the Trophimondorians had taken him through a time warp so that he could be on Trophimondor for years and still be away from Earth for only a microsecond. So if these Trophimondorians, these aliens in the novel, um, scoop someone up for years, but, you know, 
you're only gone for a microsecond, how would you know that um, it's not real? What's your proof? Uh, I mean, we necessarily don't know. It's, I mean, we don't know it's not real, but there's no evidence to believe it is real. So you shouldn't just assume something is real as if you have nothing to prove it. I'm backing it up with the government and their fear of aliens. The uh, government didn't be. And personally, I think Billy Pilgrim... So they're not going to give me the proof? Billy Pilgrim is only saying he's affiliated with these trail Dorians. It's just the result of how he's kind of gone off the rails after the war. And just the coping mechanism that he has to deal with that he has, has had to deal with all his death. So he just claims that he is spending all spending his time he's that he is unstuck in time with the trial Femidorians. That may be true. Um on page one forty five, Vonnegut writes that Billy Pilgrim nestled like a spoon with the hobo on Christmas night and he fell asleep and he traveled in time to nineteen sixty seven again, the night he was fl- he was kidnapped by a flying saucer from Trout Amador. And I, I'm I'm starting to see your point here because, like we established earlier, um, this this time traveling um, is pretty clearly a result of his PTSD from World War II. So, these aliens, these Trophimadors, although we most likely have them, you know, in modern society, um, they most likely are not real for Billy, as he's suffering clearly from severe PTSD. That is great. I'm glad you can come to some sort of sense. Um, I mean, it really wasn't your terrible argument. It was basically the quotes from the book. Uh, also, here on six on um, page 60, Now when I myself hear that somebody's dead, I simply shrug and say that what the trial from Dorian say about dead people, which is so it goes. So, um, this... Trophimidorians in Billy's life seems to pretty clearly tie into his PTSD and it is the um, original place where So It Goes came from so he must have dreamt it or some kind of flashback to cover up some traumatic thing that happened to him in the war as the Trophimidorians and it's just a way for him to help cope with the deaths of um that he's seen and everything bad that happened in war. So although alien, the Trophimidorians may not be real and mo- most likely aren't. Um, and they most likely are just a symptom of his PTSD relating back to his flashbacks and they are the originators of so it goes. So it most likely just helps Billy to cope with the uh, deaths that he's seen and the tragedies he's had to go through. And that just about wraps it up, folks. Thank you for listening.